Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have tour manager for Tyler Braden, Chase Butler. You're going to hear Chase's story of growing up in Alabama and what first got him into music. You'll also hear the story of how he built a music festival his senior year in high school, his time at MTSU, and stories from the road now tour managing Tyler Braden. I had a great time talking to Chase. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you doing today, Chase? I'm doing well, Dustin. How are you, man? I'm doing great. So getting right into your story, you grew up in Alabama. What was your childhood like? Yeah, man. I grew up in a small town uh, about 20 miles north of Mobile called Satsuma. Uh, super small town. Uh, population, three or 4,000 people. Um, you know, a town where everybody kind of knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty normal childhood. I grew up... Uh, great family, uh, you know, great surrounding uh, friends and a supporting group of friends and, and family that have always, uh, you know, kind of pushed us to do whatever we wanted to. Um, yeah, it, you know, music was not a thing uh, where I grew up. I mean, other than the church bands, uh, it was just not anything that uh, any of my friends or family did. So uh, definitely excited uh, that it led me here. Now, growing up in the South, do you think it was just because it was a lot of people were just focused on sports or kind of what do you think was lacking about the music scene where you're growing up? Uh, sports was definitely king uh, where I grew up. Uh, I've played sports my entire life. My dad played sports his entire life. It's just one of those things that you do. Um, super competitive baseball uh, um, area down there. Yeah. Uh, my high school football team sucked, but there are plenty of good football teams down there as well. So. Uh, yeah, I think definitely sports is just king down there. Now, uh, around the house, what kind of music was b- being played that kind of got you introduced to music? Man, I remember specifically just early 2000s country music. Um, just, I mean, I was I was born in 95. Um, so, you know, about the time whenever I could start uh, really appreciating music is whenever all that early 2000s kicked in. Early uh, Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw. You know the the Red Akins era, the uh, best era of country, was, in my opinion. <laughs> right, absolutely. I mean, it's just it was it was something that we uh, we always listened to. My uh, my grandmother was a uh, a radio fanatic, so she was one of those people that would call in and uh, you know win cruises and win free concert tickets, and she was just that person. So I remember specifically going over to her house, and every time I would stay, uh, her alarm clock. Whenever it would go off in the mornings, it would play the local country station. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter, you know, if it was six a.m. All you heard is, you know, uh, "I Go Back" by Kenny Chesney or, or uh, "Red Ragtop" or, or some Brooks and Dunn song. You know, so it was uh, it was definitely something that uh, was king around the house. Is there any concerts you went to, uh, kind of when you were younger, that made you feel a connection to live music? Uh, my first concert ever was uh, Lone Star. Oh, cool. I was, I, I believe I was six years old. Um, ironically enough, it was in a casino. So, uh, 
my grandparents had to do some smoothing to get me in there. But uh, first concert, and I was definitely hooked after that. Um, you know, there was a uh, local music festival, three-day multi-genre music festival um, that was down in the Mobile area that I grew up going to. Um, later on, got to work for. Um, but yeah, I mean, any time there was a concert around around town, uh, I was there. People in my class, my high school class, knew me as a uh, as the concert kid. So yeah. I was I was at every show that was anywhere close to close to Mobile. Now in high school, kind of what was your plan? Uh, maybe like senior year uh, when you were were you thinking about going to college? What was the plan? Uh, did you already know you were going to want to go into music? Um, no, college was definitely being pushed. Uh, but I, you know, I didn't find music an option really until about my junior year. Uh, I was actually on track to study political science. Um, was going to do politics oh, wow. and, uh, yeah, so quite the, quite the turn, but, uh, politics is still used in, in, in music, you know, um, it's definitely still a thing, but, uh, yeah, I was on track to do, do poli um, and, you know, I, I played, I, I wasn't really focused on, on school or anything. And, and, uh, while I was in school, I was enjoying the ride, you know, I was, um, playing all the sports and I was voted, uh, class president junior and senior year. So I was just having fun. I wasn't, I wasn't really focused on my grades or anything. So when it did come down, you know, come down to the time to, to pick a college, I was kind of screwed in that aspect because, uh, I'd played around and, you know, just enjoyed my high school career. But, um, but no, I found, you know, music was an option around my junior year and, uh, you know, definitely went down the rabbit hole of looking for the, the music business schools, Blackbird, MTSU, Belmont. Um, and it's definitely something that I, I saw was, uh, you know, something in reach. Yeah, totally. Now I saw online that you actually helped like build a music festival in your local area. Uh, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess it was my senior year of high school. Um, you know, everybody wants you to do an internship. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that internship requires you to be, you know, in college, taking college classes. Um, and, and I was not, you know, doing that. I was, I was still in high school at that point. And, uh, I met somebody through a family friend who introduced me to the, uh, pretty much the CEO of this, of this music festival. And like I said, it was a three day, uh, multi-genre music festival. And her name was Shanna Jordan. And she really just took a, a chance on me. Um, like, like I said, I was an 18 year old kid. Um, hell, I don't even know if I was 18 at the time. I'm like 17. Either way, she took a huge chance on me and um, hired me, and I was her direct intern. I mean, I worked under her. There were there were multiple other, um, you know, sorry, stuff going on with my phone here. Um, you know, there was uh, other interns at the at the company as well. But um, I handle artist contracts at 17, 18 years old. You know, stage manager. Once we got to the festival weekend. So, I mean, yeah, she, she really just took a chance on me. And I did that uh, my senior year, uh, my freshman year of college. And then uh, it came to an end uh, my sophomore year of college. And I was still working on that uh, festival. And then I just decided to 
Now, what did you learn about the back end of the music industry uh, kind of during that time period? And is there anything that you still use uh, as a tour manager today? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, that that Honestly, that job taught me everything. Um, it taught me how to treat people on site. It, uh, it showed me empathy. Um, you never know, you know the kind of gig that somebody's coming from. You never know what's going on in their daily life. Um, you know, there's so many as different aspects of uh, the day-to-day life of touring that, that could affect how somebody shows up to a venue or how somebody, you know, says something to you. You just have to take it with a grain of salt and uh, just treat people with respect. Um, but as far as uh, the prep work, I mean, it's just like what I do now, just, uh, you know, very strenuous emails and, and, and meticulous uh, details and stuff that, that really, uh, you know, determine how the artist and their camp, uh, you know, how, how their day is going to go when they do arrive on site to, you know, a venue or a festival or whatever. Now, uh, did you end up finishing college or did you end up uh, kind of just leaving that and moving to Nashville to pursue uh, being a tour manager? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I did not finish uh, school and I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. My parents were, were fine with that once they started to realize that I was kind of, you know, doing my own thing with the music. Um, I went to, so I got a full ride scholarship to a local community college out of high school, strictly leadership based. Um, so I went there for roughly a year. Um, and then it just, I was looking at the transfer, you know, situation, how I would get to Nashville and what classes I would need. And, um, you know, some of the transfer things are, are ridiculous, but, um, you know, I, I found out that I would have to retake some classes, um, you know, once I did get to Nashville. And so I just said, hell with it and uh, made the move. Um, decided I was going to go to MTSU. Uh, they had a program called uh, part-time, full-time, which mm-hmm. meant you had to work. Um, what was it? You had to work full-time in order for you to go to school part-time. So they would give you in-state tuition if you were working full-time. Um, so I was doing odds and jobs, um, pivot sports, you name it. I was I was just doing whatever I could. Um, ended up working at the Grand Ole Opry during that time. Oh, cool. Um, which was, you know, ended up being a pretty cool full circle moment for us, um, especially with Team Tyler here. And um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I quit going to school. Um, started on the road at 19 years old and I've been here ever since. Um, it's just definitely one of those jobs. I feel like you have to have a lot of hands-on experience to, uh, to get, you know, for sure. Now, uh, when you moved to town, was it already your plan? Did you want to like kind of go out on the road and kind of see, see the country or did you see yourself as a manager kind of like on the back end of things in the office, like during the week? No, I definitely knew I wanted to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm from a super small town in Alabama who's, you know, outside of my high school career had never really left that area. Um, You know, we would drive to the beach or we would go to, you know, you know, we'd take a trip to the mountains or something. But other than that, there was not really any any serious travel going on. So uh, it was definitely, um, you know, we just played C to C last week. We got to see, you know, the international side of touring and what that looks like. So it's still definitely a huge aspect of what I, you know, why I do. Uh, why I keep doing that 
the management side of things has sparked my interest. It's definitely something that I've worked on in the past, and I plan to work on again. You know, um, you know mm-hmm. we'll see where this touring thing goes, but uh, I definitely would like to get back in that one day for sure. Now, during your time at MTSU, is there anyone in your class that uh, kind of was coming up in country at the same time as you and is doing music still? Oh, man. Um, you know, I was I was at MTSU and they had the, the music business program. I remember seeing like Chris Young's name on the wall, Sam Hunt's name on the wall. Um, they had like a wall of people who I guess have made it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you walk by that every day, but um, there's definitely some friends of mine who I've met at TSU that are that are doing the damn thing. Um, not necessarily artists, but um, you know, on the on the management side, publishing side, uh, definitely folks that I still keep in touch with for sure. For sure. Now, what do your first years kind of look like uh, networking in Nashville? Uh, not only on campus, but kind of going out and uh, going to all like the local things in town. Man, I, it was the hardest thing in the world for me to leave my hometown. Um, I, I struggled with that, you know, for the first year, year and a half I was in Nashville. Um, that was just a huge adjustment for me. Um, I thought I was an extrovert until I moved to Nashville mm-hmm. and slowly started to realize that I think I'm an introverted extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you just have to, you have to hit the ground running. You have to go out. I spent the first year and a half, uh, I was in a relationship, uh, you know, my first, I guess, serious relationship. Um, I miss my family. I still have all my grandparents, so I was going back and forth to see all of them. Um, so it was definitely an adjustment to, uh, one, make my ass stay in Nashville long enough to network, but two, I had to be okay with going to do things by myself. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll never um, – I just always appreciate that – think it, that time was necessary um to to realize what i you know what i had to do um to make it here in town and um there's a lot of uh a lot of solo cracker barrel dinners you know that i would go to there's a lot of nights that uh back when uh third monthly was um you know popping with the the writer grounds every other night with uh listening room down off third uh when they were just killing it i mean i remember seeing Devin Dawson and Mitchell Tenpenny and, and Michael Hardy and, you know, all those guys coming up um, sure. that I remember the night that Mitchell said he wrote Bitchett, you know, first time he'd ever played it out loud. Um, you know, it, it's just such a, it's, it's, it was such a crucial time in my life to really just sit there and, and um, accept the loneliness, but also just um look around and see what was going on around me um, makes me really appreciate, um, you know, what I do now. For sure. It's funny you uh, touched on the introverted uh, extrovert thing. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people that are creative or work in the music industry, it's kind of like a, a, a switch they have to flip on, you know, like when it's go time that like a lot of times they probably do want to keep to themselves. And then like uh, either you're leading a team on the road or going on stage to perform, it's kind of a flip you have to switch. Absolutely. I mean, there's times where, you know, we'll walk in a room and we'll be getting ready for this event and we'll walk in a room and I just like, I do not want to talk to anybody in this room right now. You know, it, stuff might be going on at home or you just might be having a, uh, a day where you just want to stay inside, you know, um, but you, you've got to put the switch. You've got to put the switch when you walk into a 
radio station with your artist. You have to put the suit when you, um, you know, walk into label meetings, um, whenever you get off the bus and you're going to a meet and greet. I mean, artists have to do it. Uh, managers have to do it. Band guys have to do it. I think everybody in Nashville has to do it, for sure. So where do you first uh, meet Tyler then? Oh, gosh, man. I was It was back in that early first year I was living in Nashville whenever I was going back and forth uh, to Mobile all the time. Uh, my family's got a beach house down in Orange Beach and the Floribama is a hot spot down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one of my friends called me and she said that her boyfriend and, and this other guy were playing at the Floribama. So I rode over just to say hey to her and uh, ended up meeting Tyler that day. He was the other guy playing. So uh, we swapped numbers and talked for a little bit. I mean, I thought he sounded incredible. Um, you know, and um, so we got each other's numbers and, and didn't really text each other or hit each other up. And I think about five or six months later, he shot me a text out of the blue and was like, hey, man, I'm finally moving to Nashville. Um, looking for a roommate if you know of anybody. My lease was coming up two weeks later. So um, the second time we ever hung out, we were moving in together. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we, we lived together for two or three years, I guess. Um, lived in Franklin, both sides of Franklin. Um, yeah, and that, those were just grind times for both of us. He was still in the fire service, and I was, uh, you know, learning the road uh, for the first time. Went out with a couple of different artists, younger artists, and opened it up for acts that are huge now. Um, but it was definitely a, a, a growing time for both of us. Sure. Now, I saw somewhere else in another interview you talked about uh, how it's special to work with younger artists just to kind of see them grow and how it's kind of different than working with a more established uh, artist. Kind of what's your perspective on that and uh, why you keep to like to continue just working with younger artists to see them grow? Man, I think it's, it's I think it's the resiliency one and to just. Uh, they just appreciate it, you know, um, this was. Tyler and I was first time across seas and we were just thankful to be there. Yeah. They, uh, they, they put him on the main stage in front of, uh, so how it went, it was like a writer's round style, uh, on the main stage. So Tyler, Kaylee Hammond, just sitting there with acoustic guitar mm-hmm. in a arena full of 20,000 people. And you could hear a pin drop over there. I mean, just like I've never in my life, we played arenas before and we played festivals and everything. But for a 20,000 seat uh, arena that's sold out and you, I mean, you can literally hear a pin drop. Everybody's very attentive and, and they listen. And, and it was just so, you know, he come on stage every night. It's just like, that's, that's insane. Like, that's crazy. You know, and I've been, I've been the, I've been with established acts and I've been with, uh, um, not even in country, but other genres as well. And, um, I think there's a, a, jadedness that you get and i try to i try to keep myself fresh and there are times where i I do get jaded to some things and then i look around and there's you know a bass player of mine who has never experienced that feeling you know so i always try to keep that in the forefront of my mind where um you know music is music is a crazy thing and it allows us to go do all these all these you know fulfill these awesome opportunities um you know, go overseas, um, you know, play to 70,000 people at a festival, uh, meet other heroes, you know, in the, in the business. It's just such a rewarding business. And um, I think you, you know, the younger guys 
and girls that are coming up in this industry, um, the way that they appreciate the little things, you know, when they, when they hit a hundred listens on Spotify, when they live, you know, when they get, uh, 200,000 views on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, they, it's the little wins, you know, you have to appreciate the little wins, um, you know, as you, as you go through this business. For sure. Now, what's it been like kind of being on the ride with Tyler since the beginning, probably playing small clubs, uh, then touring with Mitchell Tempany last year. And like you said, going overseas this year, kind of what's it been like to be with him since the beginning? Man, it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever, I've ever experienced. Um, you know, I, I, I specifically remember Tyler uh, playing me secret in our living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't, we didn't have any furniture in the house, dude. I mean, we were, it was just him and I, two other roommates. We had way too many rooms and not enough furniture. Mm-hmm. So there was like literally a TV sitting on the floor. We had one couch and I think there was a lamp in the corner that was on the floor. And we, you know, we were just sitting in the living room and he played me secret for the first time. And then he told me that he wrote that by himself. I was like, this is just on like people would pay so much money to see him play like this, you know? Um, I mean, it, it's just been the coolest thing. He's, he's really grown into one hell of a writer and one hell of a, uh, an artist. Um, you know, I remember his first whiskey jam. He wore a, he wore a sweater mm-hmm. at whiskey jam. Um, you, you talk to Ward or, or Ryan O'Nan or any of those guys, they still laugh at whenever they, when he wore a sweater on it his first uh, whiskey jam performance. And now he's got the whole, you know, rock look wearing Jordans. I mean, he's really just grown into a, a, a really, um, a, you know, his own artistry. Um, and let me tell you, man, he's just, he's been so loyal from day one. Um, we kind of always knew that we wanted to work together at some capacity. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to you loud because he's inside Starbucks right here, but um, he, uh, he, uh, we always wanted to work together. And when the time was right, you know, we thought for both of us, he called me and, and offered me the position. And, um, I, you know, some TM's kind of a luxury position for an artist starting out. And the money definitely wasn't there, but he, he wanted, um, you know, I guess somebody around him to make him feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it started. Now, we just, there's so much trust between us. Um, and like you said, we played, you know, we played the bars where there's 40 people in the room. Um, you know, we played arenas where there's 25,000 people in the room. We play festivals when there's 60,000 people out in the crowd. And he's the same guy. He's even kill all the time. He treats all of his band and crew and everybody with so much respect. And, um, you know, obviously he wants to uh, help us where we can, you know, where he can. But, um, I mean, he's, he's just really become one of my best friends. And uh, it's, it's really one of the biggest honors to see him uh, find the ranks and, and, do this thing here for sure now i'd like to close my interviews by asking what's a piece of advice you've learned along your journey in music uh not only to the tour managers out there but as someone that works with a lot of younger artists uh, a piece of advice for the aspiring artists out there too um always say yes to an opportunity um that was one thing that that uh really helped me get started out you know i was with one artist i took a job with one artist um met these other people through that artist and then met, you know, was able to do this thing and, and, and it just grew. Um, the more you say yes, the more, you know, it opens you up to, to opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, I was able to tour with 
a bunch of really awesome people, um, you know, um, toured around with Joe Portner, who opened up for Whiskey Myers and the Steelwoods um, back when they were doing like House of Blues South shows. Um, we around with Casey Tindall and um, Lenny Wilson and Parmalee and, you know, all these awesome artists that are now just crushing. I mean, uh, it was, you just got to say yes. You got to say yes. Always be open to an opportunity. Don't, don't worry about the money. And there's, that's going to be a big thing for a lot of people coming up. Um, I see, you know, some artists that are like, well, I'm not going to go play for less than this. There is, there, there are times where you do have to draw a line, you know, and, and say enough is enough or no, this is just literally not feasible. But, um, if you can figure out a way to make it work, make it work because it's definitely worth it. Um, whether you're opening for, you know, said artist or, um, you have an opportunity to go out for free to shoot photo video for an artist or, or do anything. I mean, there's so many jobs that I have to take that were free or either. I'm, I mean, the first, you know, two or three years of my adult career, I, I worked for, I can't tell you. I mean, I worked for $150 a show mm-hmm. with all, you know, all different kinds of artists. It didn't matter if they were national or, or, or smaller artists, but that was like, that was it. Um, you also have to be multifaceted. I think there's something to be said about somebody who can just do it all. I mean, I've driven vans, I've done photo video, I've, I've, you know, learned the TM aspect. I've had to be a guitar tech. You just got to figure it out. Um, do your own research and, and figure out how to grow. And there's plenty of people in Nashville um, who are willing to, you know, uh, lend a helping hand or, or teach you a certain craft. Um, you just have to be, you know, willing to ask. Um, and that, that goes for myself. If there's anybody out there that would like to know what I do or how we got to this point or if, you know, need any contacts or anything, I mean, I'm, I'm, all, I'm here for you. This is, this is definitely a business where we all have to work together. There's no, I don't feel like there's any competition, you know. Um, it's, all, it's all a healthy competition for sure. Well, guys, there you have it. My conversation with Chase Butler. Chase, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at I am Chase Butler. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with hit songwriter Eric Dillon. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram at Starting Small Music and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.